It's here in the city. It's here in the city. This is here in the city. This is here in the city. I'm Sarah Harris. I'm Sarah Harris. New message. Truth should be truth. But then it depends on, in the telling, whose truth is it. We're here most Tuesdays. We're not on Tuesdays anymore. We're on Mondays. Lunes, los lunes a las dos de la tarde. At 2 p.m. Bringing you radio realities from the urban landscape. And mapping the city with voices of creative social change in and around Los Angeles. En KPFK. On Pacifica Radio, powered by the people. Thanks to the generous support of you, our listeners, the capable crew at KPFK, the innovators of web-based radio at SoundCloud, news you might have missed at newsdesk.org, and the community-funded reporting project, Spot Us. You can find us on the web at here in the city. That's H-E-A-R in the city.org. I am standing in a torrent of rain on May 6th, 2013. You're hearing the show at 2 p.m. I'm recording this introduction at 11 a.m. And this is a strange event. It's been only a handful of times in the last 80 years that we've had anything near three inches of rain in May 1977, 1998, and 2013. It looks like we may reach that strange record. Today's show, I'm bringing to you what is a conversation with a group of people who work at Los Angeles's largest one of the largest underground cisterns to catch the rain when it comes. It took about a month or two of waiting for rain to happen to hear it functioning and hear the unique sounds of the water passing through it. But February, March, April didn't bring much rain and so we had our conversation anyway. And today it's pouring. So in honor of today's pouring rain, in the beginning of May, um, we offer you this meditation on capturing and saving rainwater, saving it on a rainy day for a dry day. It's here in the city. I'm Sarah Harris. And we're here at the junction of Mulholland Drive West and Coldwater Canyon North at the headquarters of the Tree People. You know, Jim and I have been in conversation for about a month (laughs) over email about So I guess I would ask you, what on earth is this cistern? Are we rolling? Yes. Oh, we're sitting next to it. (laughs) You can't see it because it's underground. 
but we're gonna go walk over and and see the sign. Uh, this cistern is a tank, and it is 216,000 gallons of capacity, and it's this big, beautiful underground thing. And when we've had enough rainfall, it fills up, and it doesn't take a lot of rainfall to fill it because it collects the water from the entire parking lot the building roof and some other runoff on the site all gets filtered and clean and goes into this thing and this thing then supplies all the irrigation water for the park that you see for this park where we are right now this whole beautiful landscape is all watered from it for a whole year off the grid really really and it's also there for emergency firefighting for the you know, area. like you don't have to turn a spigot to water this land Right. It, we have a pump that takes the water out of that and feeds the drip irrigation all throughout. The whole landscape, which is pretty abundant, is all native oak trees, sycamores, red buds. Everybody's in flower and really beautiful yeah, and happy right now. this is a good now. time of year. Um, but it is uh, an abundant, very shaded landscape. Uh, and uh, it's all supplied by... Uh, by the rainwater um, when there's enough this has been such a dry year uh, but actually it's been raining enough that we continue to draw water from from the cistern to uh, to feed the landscape so could you tell us um, I'll just say this is here in the city and I am here with you're here with Andy Lipkiss founder and president of tree people tree people which is celebrating unbelievably its 40th anniversary yep i actually started the work in 1970 when i was 15 but it took three years of trying failing and making compost in other words <laughs> lessons uh rich in the nutrients of uh of mistakes but uh enough compost for success that we got launched when i was 18 in 1973 i'm thinking you know the the Clean Air Act, the Clean Water Act, the EPA, it all happened right around the time that you started this yep. project. Was yeah. that part of your your conversation in your own mind as a teenager? Well, yeah, it was part of the setup for sure. I mean, here I was waking up to a world that was seemingly coming apart and... Um, and that big wake up right at a really important time for a kid, which is, okay, we're starting to step into this role of semi-adulthood, seeing uh, what the world is really like. And, you know, I can break. Right, no, so, break there for a second because yes, okay. this meet Jim. Jim Hello. We meet at last. Yes, we've well, been talking yes. back and forth. Well. Uh, so where's the rain? I wish I knew. I wish there was a secret button we could push. We sure need it. We've been missing it this year. But but we're doing okay. If you if you look around you, uh, most of the trees now uh, that we've been using our cistern water for are established pretty well. So they're doing okay with just the rainfall we've had they this look year. Gorgeous, and I see. I think I see sycamores and laurel sumac and manzanita and. 
and uh, native uh, coast live oak. Uh, the strawberry trees here are beautiful. The beautiful uh, flowers you see right now are from the western redbud. Just a terrific accent here. Uh, and all sorts of things are blooming. We've got native morning glory over there. It's called candy cane because of the colors. And there's some poppies coming up if you pink peek through here. And some lupin, the purple lupin, all native flowers. Uh, it's all happening. It's a wonderful time here. So Andy was explaining to me that on this site, you're capturing the water before it goes that away downhill. And I mean, it's how many acres are there on this site? Well, it's 45 acres in total that we manage. And on the top here, it's almost five. Five. On heavily landscaped yeah. garden and, and park. So I'll, I'll ask you in, in uh, sort of in a layman's terms, if I were to think of, you know, I'm standing on a, a big slab of land and I think, how do I feed all these trees that are around us and all these plants with just a rainfall and capturing the water? Like, what does that look like, you know, on a, like a slide slope? Well, you, you actually stated it um, right from your internal observation. This site is connected to the street, and it's two miles downhill straight to the L.A. River. And um, by law, when we moved in here and when we retrofitted the space, we were meant to, required to throw that water away. So the water coming off our parking lot the, that would wash into Coldwater Canyon, take all the pollutants from here all the way down and wash them straight into the river. And that's what happens all over town. Uh, we are sending poison uh, into neighborhoods and out to the ocean. And, and we pay in terms of health, in terms of all kinds of things for that. We had to work with the city. We've been working with the city in turning that around. And they were many of the city officials were receptive. Others were like, no, you can't do this. But it was quite a battle at first to get the permit to not throw that water away. Because I'm it. just describing what I see happen yeah. where I am. Well, yes, you see it on the news, you see it in your neighborhood uh, year after year. That water just flushes away with, uh, as Andy says, the poisons, the, the car pollutants, the dog waste and everything. But the magic is here, we have reversed that here. When you stand at our entranceway now, during the rain, when it comes again, nothing leaves. Nothing leaves. It's either captured in the landscape itself through the mulch and the, the gravel areas which serve to, to capture it and percolate it down, or it goes through our network of drains to our cistern. 216. And filters along the way, which we'll show you as we, we walk by this. Okay. But, you know, in this storytelling, we're standing on the cistern now. We're standing on this circle underneath it. Uh, you can see a picture of it under construction. You know, it took a helicopter to get up high enough to take a picture of the hole. The hole is so big. Um, it's over 100 feet in diameter, the hole. And the, the tank itself is 10 feet deep. And it would, the capacity, as you come over, there's, yeah. there's uh, full capacity is a, a quarter million gallons, but there's 96 pillars in there that uh, reduce the, the water storage to 216,000 gallons. Um, it's like a lovely skating rink or down there uh, when it's empty. But uh, on top of those pillars is a concrete slab, which allows fire trucks to be able to sit on this and everything else to be able to take out the water without it collapsing. But somewhere there's 
permeable landscape that lets the water all go around. down. Yeah. Well, there's permeable landscape all around us and a network of drains that reach out from the cistern, so to speak, you know, through pipes from the parking lot. Uh, from this surface that we're standing on, this flows to a drain. Uh, and, and this building, I don't know if Andy's pointed no, out yet, but yet. We'll look at there. the slope of the roof of that building. That's oh. not just aesthetically interesting, but it's for a purpose. Water rushes off a spout at the end down through a, a big sand pit to filter it, and that goes into the cistern. So we have these, these major hardscape collection areas that flow to the cistern, as well as the landscape around that is designed to be permeable and, and capture rain. And, and, you know, when I said it was quite the battle to, to change the game here, the forces in the city that embraced it and supported it and needed it, our Department of Sanitation, Watershed Protection Division, uh, they actually helped. And in fact, they needed the soil in sanitation for the landfill. And so they actually came like a barn raising and dug the hole for us. And so this hole, all this dirt went to, uh, to help operations at the landfill so they didn't have to buy it. So it saved them money, but they saved us a bunch by digging the hole. When was that? It was about Right? When, when, when? <laughs> we've been around a long time. Yeah, well, I, what, I'm thinking a little less than 10. Well, that's a little less yeah, than 10 years or ago. 0304, when yeah. this first phase was done, the, the cistern and this building, and then the rest of the landscape uh, and construction was done in 08. This is what it is. This is what it's going to be. You are listening to Here in the City on KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles. 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara. 93.7 FM in San Diego. And 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. An archive and a podcast of our shows is at Here in the City. That's H-E-A-R in the city dot org. And at kpfk.org, you can like us on Facebook. If you like. And visit us at our website, hereinthecity.org. And follow us on Twitter. So there's actually a demonstration landscape over there through that storm drain. So we're looking what direction we're this is. North. North. Northeast. Um, and you go through that storm drain. That's a huge drain. We take everybody through that and you enter LA in another dimension. So we'd be heading toward Chatsworth in that direction? Um, towards Burbank. Yeah, that's uh, Glendale. End. Glendale, Burbank, yeah. Okay. And um, Chatsworth's northwest over that way. And by the way, we are dead center of Los Angeles. The GPS crosshairs of Los Angeles. Check with Alex here. Yeah. The, we're dead center of Los Angeles. The GPS crosshairs of the whole city of LA happen uh, 500 yards from here. There's a plaque in the ground. Not at City Hall. Not at City Hall. And as you look around, it's not very dead. Uh, um, we have old growth California walnut grove here that stretches across the north side of the Santa Monica Mountains. Um, it is rich in life and uh, it is very green. It happens to be the very center of, of the city. Here's the question I want to ask. When people in the city of LA, you know, as they move forward into climate change recognition and acknowledgement and planning, if they could look at a site like this and think, what is an alternative. We want to take you through 
the storm drain to the new dimension of Los Angeles, which includes its past, its present, and its future, all beautifully arrayed. And it is, we believe, absolutely this, the survival and thrival strategy for the coming Los Angeles. Yeah. What's that? So this is a learning teaching garden. And this is where kids and families and agency heads assemble before this tour. And we take them through the fog and the mist from this reality to we come out to the next reality of LA's past. The beautiful watershed, the LA River, how it all used to work, how we had abundant water. Um, And so that water is filtered and sent to the aquifer, our water supply. Well, let's walk around and What is this supposed to be in the LA landscape? Oh, this is a teaching device called the Mountain Fountain. So it represents the mountains that all around Los Angeles, um, which used to be thought of as the only watershed. They're, they are part of LA's watershed, but now we know the city is the watershed as well. Um, the whole San Gabriel Valley is water independent. They're having to bring in some supplemental water to make up for the stuff that's contaminated that they can't draw out. But anyhow, so this represents the mountains and this represents the city part of the watershed, all of which feeds the river or fed the river. Can you explain what a watershed is? Mm. Because I think most people don't even know what that means. Yes, that's a good point. So perhaps the British Australian term is the better one, a water catchment. We call it a watershed, what gets rid of it, but it is the point where uh, it it is the the collection space where all rain that falls runs down and the low point at the bottom between two mountains and hills um, is usually a creek or a river. So the point between the two peaks of the the mountains at the, the top where everything falls into, that's considered the watershed. Most people, I think, have read that 70% of the water that hits the ground in L.A. goes straight out to the ocean. It's actually 89%. So only 11% of the water, of our local water in the city of Los Angeles, is from local. Everything else is hitting roughly two-thirds paved and sealed land, which we're about to experience. Uh, and yes, it, it goes straight to the ocean. And I, it's funny, in the, the county and many organizations and businesses have been trying to put together a mechanism to uh, be able to clean up the water and use it as part of our water supply. And, and um, the fact that we're polluting so much is, causing, is costing the city and the county millions of dollars, many millions of dollars a year that we're paying in fines, we're paying in um, medical costs for uh, people who are living in communities that are getting the polluted water. Um, It's going to take some cost to fix this because we're throwing everything away 
we're not recognizing what it's costing us day in and day out. And somebody um, said ironically to the board of supervisors who were considering what to do, and he said, you know, God gave us the rain and you figured out how to tax it. Uh, and I've been thinking, well, actually, God gave us the rain and we figured out how to poison it and throw it away <laughs> and hurt people in the process and create flooding downstream. And that's where the costs are. What this is a demonstration of is using what God gave us and as this amazing gift of water and energy for free and capturing it and honoring that gift and having it enrich our lives, which it sort of was designed to do. And, and this is where you begin to see that happen. So, so I have to take a break for one second yeah. and say this is here in the city and we're talking to with Andy Lipkiss, who's the founder of Tree People. Uh, and we're on their site and we're not talking about trees we're talking about water which is something I knew we would do but at the same time I think oh thank you it seems maybe counterintuitive to come to a place that is about stewarding trees and building a foundation for urban forestry and we're talking about water well I'm really glad you asked that because it's erroneous when you say we're talking about trees as if we're not talking about water because we cannot have water without trees. We can't have trees without water. They're completely dependent. Uh, the book Collapse by Jared Diamond documents how throughout history people have made this simple mistake. They've forgotten what trees do and let go of them cut them down and what happens when you do that is immediately you lose your water because the underneath the tree all this mulch is what the trees have built for hundreds of years the oak trees sometimes thousands of years they've built this amazing sponge tank and that's where the water falls it's where the water is absorbed the habitat created by that mulch is filled with microorganisms critters that dig and drill you can go to any oak tree and dig down with your fingers sometimes five feet through this really permeable space. What all those critters are doing is cleaning the water. That space is a sponge. So under a huge oak, a hundred foot in diameter canopy, the U.S. Forest Service has calculated that the volume of water storage and treatment just under one oak tree is 57,000 gallons in a flash flood. issue at hand here is what happens when you take the tree out. So what the tree does is capture that water. It cleans it. It puts it in the aquifer, our water supply. Take the tree out. When it rains a 12-inch flash flood, you send a flood downstream. Someone's likely to get killed or their property damaged. The water is also lost, sometimes permanently, from the water supply from the aquifer because when that water rushes off it takes the soil with it it takes the mulch with it leaving it becomes a hard pan you got it and then the collapse gets triggered more because you've lost your water you've lost your soil then you've lost your means of producing food and every single civilization that has forgotten that lesson and we're right on the verge we love trees because they're pretty we use them as decorations but you know, when we get first got into this, we were making the case that L.A. is a watershed, and officials were saying, no, it's just in the mountains and the forest. And we went, no, no, it's all of this, and we better treat it like that. And um, you're about to 
you're you're thinking about um, two steps ahead of me because we're walking from this beautiful natural past scene of Los Angeles with water flowing clean to a relatively clean ocean to we're stepping in to the the current dimension of Los Angeles in an urban setting we took the beautiful landscape the trees we took them out we paved it and you see a house you see a lawn you see rosebush you see a driveway, sidewalk, paved road. We're in a little traffic circle with nasty garbage. This looks like Echo Park Lake, what it used to look like. Yeah. They're overhauling it now. So here we are in the, in the current LA, and what happens? It rains. Now, we... we water rushing off the sidewalk um, down the drains here it comes off the and roof. off the roof where by law you can't get certificate of occupancy for your home unless a building inspector sees from your roof drains to the sidewalk to the street only this year has Los Angeles begun to reverse that with a low-impact development ordinance lid okay. but now you're required in a new uh new building or after a lot of construction you're required to capture uh, and hold the first three quarters of an inch of rainfall but here it comes and this is this is what happens we throw this this water away and when kids are taking this tour they put represented representations of pollutants on the ground things that look like oil blotches and trash and they see ew and dog poop we don't put the dog poop oh, down i would do that it's a little distracting i know uh, they get caught up in that right our our streets are designed to send debris in this direction by law you had to the whole city's designed to shed the water so you see we have a, a glass dome peering down into the storm drain system you saw the trash go in to the storm drain from our little street here in driveway. And in a moment, you'll see the trash float by. And you're looking down as we look a little bit to the east. You're seeing, what does that look like if we're 10,000 feet up? It looks like the L.A. River. That is the L.A. River. Because we're on a hillside, it's dangerous to infiltrate too much water here that will cause a slide so actually what we're demonstrating a permeable surface there but we actually pick up all the water underneath and it all goes through every one of the places where you see a drain there's a whole series of uh, specialized filters that that filter out the hydrocarbons the oils the contaminants we have to service those filters so they're constantly cleaning the water but you'll see that when you wander around the parking lot so if you go to here in the city, that's H-E-A-R in the city.org, you'll see photos of those permeable surfaces on the hillside that you could think about putting into place on your flat lands wherever you are, and it would be of tremendous benefit. We, we hope that um, the city, the county, all of us will create a really good solution. Uh, it may be the stormwater fee or tax or... It may be that we discover through the collaboration that that's not even necessary. We, we have done the economics, and it shows that if we were to bring the agencies together 
and capture all that money that's being lost right now, that there's enough money in the system in the, and plus what's planned to bring in the additional water to actually make this a, a fully safe, sustainable ecosystem. There's enough to create it, uh, we believe, I believe, uh, at least 50,000 new jobs in Los Angeles, harvesting the rain and treating the land right. And in doing that, um, having enough water and having beautiful landscapes. Special thanks today to Matt Perez for extraordinary production support on our show. We'll be back next week with more radio from outside of the studio. In the meantime, visit our website hereinthecity.org for archives. And this show will be archived at soundcloud.com slash hereinthecity. Peace.